There is nothing wrong with your internet. Do not attempt to adjust your settings. We are controlling the podcast. We control the squealing and the screams. We can make your heart flutter, your eyes blur from tears, or sharpen your mind to crystal clarity. For the next hour, sit back. We are in control of what you hear. We repeat, there is nothing wrong with your setting. You are about to experience the awe and mystery known as the female mind. You are now entering the Fangirl Zone. everyone and welcome to episode 68 of sci-fi talk in the fangirl zone a podcast where we discuss shows on the sci-fi channel i'm sean fangirl s and i'm steve and tonight we'll be discussing episode 10 of season 2 of the expanse holy cow this was crazy but before we jump in go ahead with all the ratings that you've been able to find all right this episode was had a 0.17 in adults 18 to 49 and 0.537 million viewers which made it the 64th rated cable show of the night, which is a huge jump from the 103 that they were last week. Mm-hmm. And episode seven, The Seventh Man, we've got the live plus seven days. It was first in adults 18 to 49 percentage gain, going from a 0.1 to a 0.4 for an increase of 300%. It was ninth in viewers percentage, going from 0.452 to 1.035 million viewers for an increase of 129%. That's crazy. And it was funny because I was just reading something, and I want to say it was EW, but I could be wrong. Talking about how The Expanse is the show everybody should be watching that not enough people are. Right. And that's because this is so crazy and so good. And I do want to say this was the episode that went up against the finale the season finale of Legion. Right. So I I know numbers are kind of eh, but I think it's going to be, like, huge when we come back, like, the increase. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so. All right, let's jump into Episode 10, Cascade. Holden leads his crew through the war-torn station of Ganymede. Wow. Thanks for that recap. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's amazing how little we get out of sci-fi for <laughs> the um, episode description. Just, they aren't giving us nothing. And even <laughs> afterwards, I mean... That's just funny, though. Yeah, it really like, it, the little... it's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, the description is not wrong. No, not we, at all. We do learn a whole lot of what's happening on Ganymede. Yes, we do. Which is, I, I feel like Ganymede... This episode was a a character in itself because we find out that there's plants everywhere and people are eating the plants. Now, I was thinking that most of it was decoration, but no, they were air yeah. scrubbers. Yes. Didn't even think about that. But that, right. And it's like, well, that makes sense. How else are they going to have oxygen in an artificial atmosphere? But at the same time, you don't see that on any of the, the ships. So I think that's why it just never clicked what it was. But apparently those air scrubbers are not getting what they need in regards to the correct nutrients going through to feed the plant. And if the plants aren't going to survive, then nobody would survive. Right. And just how do you think that's going to turn out? Because obviously the people who initiated everything had to know 
There is no doubt in my mind, as, as soon as Ming discovered that somebody had put distilled water in the system, that this was planned all along. See, I was willing to think that the distilled water was the people who were on there, you know, on this station after the, the mirrors crashed in, trying to do what they thought would be best. Okay. But the way that, you know, Ming kind of said it, it could have happened a lot earlier. Uh, right. So that is something really worrisome. It's like, why do you want to kill off the biggest area that's producing food, you know, for the people of both the belts Earth and Mars, because they're still, right. even though Earth is producing, it's still, they, it, they say they're the biggest producers. Yes. So you just want to kill off the entire population of everywhere? That seemed weird to me. All right. So Holden and Naomi, let's talk about them for a minute. All right. I, I felt like Holden keeps trying and trying and Naomi is, I don't know, building up a wall between them, but I don't, I don't know. What do you feel about that one? I kind of think so, too, especially in this episode. I mean, even though she hasn't admitted to Holden her big secret, she's sure not happy with the way things are going down. Because when they do run it, find out that Roma is the one who can help them find Ming's daughter, and all he wants is canned chicken, everybody knows that the guy is just slimy. Right. And using people to get more and more control. Mm -hmm. But when Amos goes to wailing on him and Naomi starts to move to stop him and Holden grabs her and holds her back, it's like, okay. Yeah. And she does make a point when she's like, you know, well, Holden tells her I would have stopped him. Right. And she's like, well, it just makes it easier each time, doesn't it? Yes. And I feel like she's not even talking about, you know, what is happening with him and with Amos and what's going on with the crew. But just in general, like, this is what, you know, the people higher up, all the all the politicians are doing the same thing. It's like, oh, if it gets too bad, we'll stop it. But do they? And, you know, kind of, kind of her saying, you know, it's easier. And it makes me think that she might be leaning more towards a certain somebody's view, you know, and it's like, is she going to go full on belter and decide that, you know, she needs to, to get away from these people who are from Earth and Mars? It's very possible. It is very possible that she will eventually leave the Rossi and go to Dawes. I don't know. I don't even want to say his name. Yeah. <laughs> he just exactly. makes me mad, but. I yes. Don't. He's a big scum too. So it's like, come on, Naomi. You have a brain. Use it. Right. And, well, in all this mess, we have Amos and Ming, too. And they're almost bonding. And I say almost because we still don't know what Amos has done. And that's why we're still not 100% if he is just slightly disturbed or if he has kind of wiped away all emotion. Right. But he's talking to Ming, you know, and he, he asks him, Ming's like, how many people have you killed? He's like, I don't know. I don't keep count. Um, I'm not a mass murderer, if, you, if that's what you're asking. <laughs> I'm not a psychopath. Well, you're not exactly, you know, putting the ball in the non-psychopath court there. Right, but of course, the first, when they finally find the one guy that Ming knew that his son was missing too, 
and the guy tries to attack me, Amos he stopped puts it. him back in his place, yeah. and the guy got up again, and he put him back in his place, but he basically kept his cool and kept it the tension from getting out of hand. Mm-hmm. So in certain situations, he keeps his cool, and I really have a feeling that he is able to sense what type of person he's actually dealing with. Okay. Like if and only that's, violence will help or... Right. Okay. The, and with Roma, the only way you were going to get him to talk was to beat the bloody pulp out of him. Yeah, that's true. And, and that's what got him to agree to help him. And Amos did it with a can of chicken. Yeah. <laughs> he wanted more chicken. And then a gun to his head. That's what you get for asking for more chicken, apparently. <laughs> you're you're going to eat it, but not yeah. necessarily the way you want to. <laughs> the hard way. Yeah, so who do we think this guy is, anyway? Because he has all this computer equipment, and he's like, do you think he was just more like a hacker? No, I don't really think he was a hacker. I think he was just one of the security guards that was tasked to sit in the monitor room and watch for things to go wrong. And once the everything went to hell, he said, oh, I have a perfect opportunity here, and I'm going to take it. Okay, because I, I wasn't really sure. You know, he has yeah, he seemed stuff. to know the systems too well to not have been, okay. at least worked on it or had something to do with it. At least that was my thinking. Gotcha. And he kind of helps, but I think he was getting a little scared, you know, because they're like, uh, you, how can you have nothing? I gave you the time frame. I gave you where they started from. How are you not able to find anything? Right. And, you know, he's looking nervous because Amos is just sitting there eating that can of chicken <laughs> that I'm assuming is the one that he beat the crap out of Roma with. Could have been, or he might have gotten another can there, because there was plenty. <laughs> but, you know, Roma's looking nervously over there, and he's like, okay, God, crap, i got to find something. I'm not just screwing around with this now. Where right. Saying he's looking and never finding anything, he actually has to find something right. this time. And he finally does, but it's like, it seems so strange that all those cameras everywhere, and he finds, like, one image, and it's supposed to be so far later, and it's going into, what did he say, it was like the old section that didn't have cameras. Right. But that makes sense. That's true. I mean, we don't know where he's going, but really, like, out of all the cameras everywhere, you were not able to find any images of this until, like, the final moment he's going to take her basically completely off grid. Right. Of course. That seems weird. Yeah. But you don't know how much of the security cameras all over the station have been damaged. Mm, true. I mean, two of the sections, or what? No, three of the sections were completely destroy okay so he may have been going through that the whole time and we don't have any footage right okay well that makes a little more sense this is yes. why you need to talk to me <laughs> so we could we can have sean follow the bouncing ball but even speaking of bouncing <laughs> uh um before we get there let's just say i was really surprised too with how much amos ends up sharing with Meng. And I don't right. even think the rest of the crew knows all this. No, I don't think so either. Because, you know, he doesn't say that it happened to him. Not really. But, you know, he's talking about, I know bullies like him. They use people. They'll use kids. They'll use women. They'll use babies. And, like, he basically is talking about how they prostitute all this. And, and they use everything to their advantage. Right. And how he was so disgusted, which is why it's like, okay, that's why he totally emoted on this guy. Exactly. 
and it still makes me want to know what happened in, was it Baltimore? Right. And I wonder if we're going to get that. I think we will eventually. I don't know if it'll be this season, but I would think we will eventually. Uh, I don't know. Man, he went from zero to a hundred in this episode real quick. <laughs> he sure did. So, there was some other, a whole lot of fun stuff happening then on Earth. So take it away. All right. Yes. Boy, howdy, did this have a lot of stuff going on. <laughs> oh, yeah. Open with Avasarala in her office getting prepared for the next round of meetings with the um, Martians. And Aaron Wright comes in and did something that none of us expected him to do. He admits everything. I know I pretty much, like, jaw drop. Yes. And, like, he gives her files. And I was like, holy crap. Like, he's really giving everything. Yeah, he's anything to save his butt. And he thinks that if he makes the play now, because things still are escalating, that maybe he'll be able to slime his way through this without having to deal with the consequences. Uh, I don't know, because when he says, you know, this is, this is not over. It's happening on Ganymede. And she was pissed. She's like, there's even more people there. What are you talking about? And yeah, I was just like, this is way too little, too late, Aaron Wright. Way, way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I don't know. What do you, uh, look, I can't even talk. I'm so flustered. So Avasalara is not like turning him in yet. And she right. does say, well, we might as well use this information to our advantage. But do you think she's going to end up turning him in? I don't know. I don't know if she will turn him in. It kind of depends on whether or not they catch Mal. If they catch Jules, Mal, then she won't have to because Mal will basically rat Aaron Wright out. Mm -hmm. So I think that's how what's going to determine if Aaron Wright actually has to pay his dues or not. Okay. Oh, man. Aaron Wright is so screwed right now. Yeah, that's all I'm going to say. So after he decides to turn everything over, and there's some serious, serious information in there. Yes. One of which revolves around the seventh man that Bobby's seen. Yes, it does. So they're creating this? Is that what you got from it? That's what Aaron Wright said, was that it was... Mars was creating this weapon, a soldier that could survive in space, so that would be an undefeatable force. True. So, yeah, it it's, it's kind of sounds like Mao is playing both sides. Why would he be working for the Martian? I don't know. Maybe because he wants to build his own empire. Hmm. You get rid of the two governments, the UN and the Martians, you can slip right in and take over all power. True. Interesting. Right. Uh, it's very possible. Uh, and I feel like it's very possible that, much like, you know, everybody within the UN, that nobody necessarily knows what's happening with, you know, the Martian government. Right. Because Mao is a sneaky little punk. Yeah. <laughs> yes, he is. Oh, wow. And he could be playing one of their higher-ups, just like he played Aaron Wright for so long. Mm-hmm. I wonder if they have their own Avasalara. So I don't <laughs> think they do, but I think they're about to. <laughs> because there's a certain 
Martian soldier who's decided, screw this, I'm not staying in my room. You all suck. She told the guy, I want to go see the ocean. And he said, not only no, but hell no. You're leaving in a day and a half. Right. It takes forever to get you know accommodated to all this. It's like, um, why are you being a dick? Yeah. I'm sorry, because he was. He was being a super jerk. And it's funny because even Ava Solara says this in their meeting. Who's that guy that was handling, you know, Gunnery Sergeant Draper? Right. Oh, it was a family friend. A friend, yeah, friend of the family. And you go, yeah, just because he knew her father doesn't necessarily make her a friend of the family, make him a friend of the family. Right. It means it's some guy that knew her family. Yeah. Because yeah, I think right there, she, her little bullshit detector went off. Yes. <laughs> well, Bobby decides, yeah, like I said, screw this. So she decides to get out. Well, she can't go out the door. So she's using everything she has to try to basically break one of these non-openable windows out of its frame. And lo and behold, what was the ultimate thing she used to finish it off? Her purple heart. Maybe they should have thought better of that. Yeah. (laughs) Making her wear that. So she gets out the window and starts climbing down. And I love how they show, like, the vertigo thing, because that really messes you up when you're watching it too. You're like, mm-hmm. oh god. <laughs> and when she gets down, I just kept thinking, okay, she gets to the first level down. Why aren't you like holding on to something? Because then she starts spinning and then, you know, bouncy, bouncy, bounce all the way it's down the to way the down. ground. How did you not break something? Because I thought they, they, you know, they're supposed to have lighter bones. Or was it the other way around? Earth is supposed to have lighter bones. Yeah, lighter bones with less, less gravity. Okay. So I feel like she would have broke something. Otherwise, she had some really good meds she was taking to help with the, <laughs> the bone issue. That's crazy. Yeah, but it, you know, I saw, they say, yeah, she's going to fall out of a four-story four building, and she just gets right up, and it's like, well, yeah, it might have been four stories high, but it wasn't a straight drop either. I know. I mean, each floor was had this angle that, yeah, I mean, you were, yeah, she it was a tumble. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, that was just like, roll, roll, drop, roll, roll, drop. It's like, ow. Like, the whole time she's bouncing, I'm like, oh, God, that had to hurt. Yeah, she's a Marine. <laughs> she's tough. Rub some dirt on it, you're fine. That's right, because she got up and took off. She did. I was impressed. Especially Very. being so disoriented after your fall and after the horizon line, which this still kind of confuses me, because they didn't show enough on Mars for me to understand why the horizon would confuse them unless it's just because of the like separation because you have like the blue sky and then like the cityscape right i have a feeling that that probably is is the what they're talking about because on mars you've really just got the planet Mm -hmm. and darkness for most of the time i mean yeah you just do get sunlight but yeah and everything is kind of the same color it's the red planet so like everything was the same color i guess well, as she's running, she ends up basically in, like, a homeless area. I was going to say, like, the underground, but it wasn't underground. No, the slums. Yeah. And we start learning a lot more information about everybody than we have up until this point. That's right. I was, again, kind of surprised with what was going on, because I'm thinking, okay, we're in the future. Why is this still a problem? Exactly. Why aren't we like Star Trek? Come on. Yes. And uh we have one guy, you know, because she keeps asking, can you tell me which way to the ocean? And they're like, yeah, for money. Finally, you have one guy 
who freaks out on her. Right. And she's kind of saved. And she can barely walk at this point. And, and I don't know if other people are looking at her like, oh, she's drunk or, you know, thinking nothing of it. But it wasn't any of that. It turns out it's all because of the disorientation. Right. The gravity. But somebody does help her. Yep. And, oh, I thought this guy, it was so, it was sweet what he was saying and disturbing all at the same time. Yes, it was. And it wasn't disturbing what he was saying. It was basically the subject matter, though, because he had wanted to be a doctor. Yes. And he put his name in at 17. And what did he say? He was 54, 58. Yeah, 52. Oh, and, you know, he still hasn't hasn't been called. Really? You think that doctors are in pretty big need? Yeah. That they would really be taking people. But apparently vocations on Earth are not, like, top priority. Right. I don't get that. So this man has been probably studying what he can on his own and helping all these people who are homeless in the slums. And he tells Bobby, give me your meds and I will tell you how to get there and I will help you out. I'm going to do this so I can, because she asks, is it for drugs or whatever? He's like, no, I'm going to sell this. I'm going to get the medication that we need for these kids. It'll help us get water for when we have to drink sewer water. Right. And I, this whole time, I'm just like, what the hell? <laughs> and either he's a really, really good liar, or Earth is just so screwed that we don't know. Right. It's. I really think it's the latter. That made me mad. Yes. Because so you automatically go, all right. The UN is not uh, as squeaky clean as um, they want to appear. Right. But uh, he tells her how to orient herself and. You know, how to basically deal with, with the gravity. Just, you know, slow and steady. Right. And I loved how the way he told her, okay, listen, you want to orient yourself, you do this. And it's funny because it's the same thing that you're told when you start having, like, when you get dizzy and you have, like, some inner right. ear issues. And that's the whole yep. thing. He says, your mind will connect with your inner ear and you're, and you'll be fine soon enough. Right. And I'm like, well, that makes a whole lot of sense. That's the same thing they tell you when you're getting dizzy, if you have fluid in the air or whatever, you got to do this. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wow. So that's a real thing, at least. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Your ear has a lot to do with your uh, ability to maintain balance. Oh, yeah. I know. I was super messed up. I fluid in the air one time. I could not walk oh, straight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, and there was no way I was driving anywhere. They, yeah. I would have been in a ditch. Because <laughs> trying to walk, I just like slammed into the wall, like, and I'm not going to work today. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he tells her, okay, listen, walk down this way, take a right, you'll find the ocean. And when she does, she just has this look of awe and peace that comes over her. Right. She takes off her her shoes and steps in the ocean, and then she's just sitting on the beach. And then they kind of pull back, and you see that there's all this like scum. And kind of <laughs> gross on on top of the water where she is. Right. Yes. And I'm like, yeah, that those oceans aren't uh, supporting any kind of life. Yeah. So I mean, as beautiful as it is to her, because she's never seen that. At the same time, she realizes how disgusting it is because you know, Alice Laura ends up finding her, and she goes to talk to her, and she's like, uh, "You take this for granted," and it, it's true, and that's just yes. the reality of now. Right. And it's sad because then that just made me think how how much more we have to do in the now so that we yes, don't have something. Keep, like, yeah, to keep that from happening. Exactly. Uh, 
and so much. But getting back to Bobby and Avasalara, let me not get all crazy political and environmental. Avasalara is like, listen, we need to work together because I believe you. I know there was that seventh person without a suit. And she's like, you know, don't pander. Right. Which, again, Bobby and Avasalara, those two would just have like a back and forth talking crap to each other, but getting yeah. stuff done. Right. And I just thought that was funny. But she's like, no, look, Avasalara shows her this. She's like, this is your government. And she's like, how do I know this is mine? Which, again, that's all of us right now are, are Bobby. Right. And I don't know why Avasalara didn't tell her, listen, there's somebody who's trying to play us. Yes. But I'm just thinking, okay, this guy is doing experiments. Who are his soldiers that he's doing this to? Exactly. And that's when things kind of started to fall into place for me, that the guy doing the experiments who's on Ganymede is that doctor. It's like, oh, crap, he's taking kids. Yes. And that was very disturbing. And I'm hoping that Bobby's seen just enough on that file, even though she only looked for like a second. Right. That she was able to see just enough to, A, make her realize, okay, I'm not crazy. Right. That she did see something and it is real. And that somebody actually believes her, even if it's an earther. Right. So somehow I think they're going to work together and figure right. this out. Bobby will somehow start digging into it and find just enough evidence, I believe, that will prove that what Arvilla Sarala was saying was true. And then we have the partnership of unbelievable proportions. Yeah, I don't know. That's going to be nuts, too. Because yes, it will. You got two very strong-willed women. Yeah. I think they're going to be able to move heaven and earth and Mars <laughs> to figure this out. Yes, and everything in between. Mm -hmm. So, craziness, craziness. Now, let's not forget Alex. Oh, how did I forget Alex? Afterthought Alex. <laughs> With his crazy hair. Yes. Well, I don't think he was drinking energy drink. No. And, oh yeah, I don't know how I can forget because the tweet was freaking hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> um, he's drinking whatever, some type of alcoholic beverage, I'm assuming, in zero G. Yes. Which is funny because then he's like, you know, floating around, like grabbing the droplets of the drink in his <laughs> mouth. And all I could think of was Homer Simpson when they did the space episode. <laughs> but he's like running around eating chips like through zero g right but he does this and he's listening to country yes and i oh he mentioned he says cowboys all the time right? so yeah he's apparently there's a strong country and western influence on mars <laughs> <laughs> and i think it was daniel averson who had you know somebody had tweeted that they didn't like country western, and he's like, right. well, you can have your opinion, but you're wrong. <laughs> I was cracking up, so I'm like, again, they are trolling their fans, uh -huh. and it's just so funny to me. <laughs> oh, it's crazy. These people are nuts, but... Yep, they love to have a good time. Yes, but poor Alex gets a little bit of not good information right at the end. It kind of sobers him up. Uh, very, <laughs> very quickly. As the Martians have called, no fly zone over Ganymede. Like, you will be shot down. Right. So, does that include their own? I'm kind of assuming that it 
anything that they don't recognize comes into that airspace, it's going down. And even though the Rossi was one of their ships, I don't know. Yeah, that's kind of scary, because what's going to happen to our crew? Yeah, how are they going to get off of Ganymede? Oh, Jesus, these people. Why do you do this to me? I'm going to have an ulcer. Yeah, especially after the comment that between Holden and Naomi about this doesn't feel like Eros, and now maybe it's only beginning. True. Ugh. And I do have to go back then to Amos and Mang real quick, because when Mang's talking about if the plants go, everything else goes, because it's a cascade. Right. What did he cascade say? It's a effect. complex, simple machine, which first of all, I'm like, what? <laughs> but it takes a lot to, to handle it, but it's interactive with other ones. That's why it's simple. And when one part starts going, then it, you know, it causes a cascade effect, which why would they specifically say this? If it's not about what is going to happen in these next few episodes. Right. About one little thing happens, and then the next, okay, now we have a no-fly zone. Holy crap, what's happening? What's the next step? And then the next, and the next. Yep. And who's going to It's always the thing that goes wrong three things before the catastrophic failure that hits you. Yeah, had they been able to prevent this, had they prevented Mm -hmm. A, you know, XYZ wouldn't have happened. Right. Oh, what are you doing to us? killing me yeah all right so we really do hope you guys are enjoying everything and we really ask really i don't know i'm having a moment words (laughs) okay we really hope that you are able to rate and rate and review us on itunes and the other platforms that you're finding us on which i know we have several out there right now and we're working on more because we always try to do that for you guys but you know, good ratings of the show help other fans find it, and we do hope you're talking to your friends about the show and our podcast. Mostly about the show right now, because we want more seasons of this. And like I said at the beginning, you know, this is apparently the best show right now that not enough people are watching. Right, so get out there and spread the word. Yes. Um, of course, you can find us at www.fangirlzone.com, and we hope that if you want to tweet with us, you find our Twitter there, which is FTC Podcast. And of course, Fangirlzone Podcast at gmail.com. And all the other little platforms are on there. You can just go to the contact page and click it, and it'll take you right there. Steve and I will be tweeting. We tweet often from the Fangirl Zone. Sometimes we tweet separately, but we're up there too. So find it all. Talk to us. Do what you got to do because we want this to keep going. Don't forget to tweet and hashtag The Expanse every week they're watching that's right all right so for this episode of sci-fi talk number 68 i am sean fangirl s and i'm steve every shitty thing we do makes the next one that much easier doesn't it until next time